0: A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. In what is normally the most boring time of the off-season season, the hockey gods have blessed us with some breaking news
1: content.
0: And that is that the Norfolk Admirals are your ECHL affiliate of the Carolina Hurricanes.
1: Wait, what? What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Tracking the Storm podcast. My name is Brandon. Uh, that's Matt. Alex decided to leave us again, so he's fired. No, I'm just kidding. He's not fired. the but, third
0: time he's been fired. He's, he just keeps coming we, back.
1: We feel bad for the guy, so we let him back on. Anyway, <laughs> no, uh, Alex had to work late tonight uh, so that he can make some more of that fake Canadian currency.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to rag on him the whole time. Is that
1: what it's going to be? <laughs> he's going to listen to this and he's going to be so pissed. Um, anyway, uh, that's all, right. all right, before we jump into what is actually going to be at least halfway exciting, let's take a quick word from DraftKings. Football is right around the corner. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when you bet $1 or more on any game. Check out this offer because it's a really, really good one you won't want to miss. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to place a bet of $1 or more on any week one game to receive $200 in free bets right away. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. And for Week 1, DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at a $1 million top prize. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching your favorite teams and all the Week 1 action like having a free shot at a $1 million. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive your $200 in free bets with any $1 bet on any football game and get a free shot at a million-dollar top prize with your first deposit. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right. <laughs> and we're back.
0: <laughs> I was watching a YouTube video the other day uh, that was talking about how he hates when people do the and we're back thing because, like, you never left. Like, like they never left. It's just, you know, it's just this quick little cut and in editing it's done. <laughs> So he makes it his bit now to say, and we're back every time they do an edit. It's the funniest um, thing.
1: And let's say a quick word from DraftKings. Took a four-second pause, and we're back. <laughs> right, right. We didn't do anything. <laughs> Literally staring here looking at it. Anyway. <laughs> well, anyway, like we're saying, we actually do have a few things to talk about this week. So that's very exciting from our part. So we don't have to scrape the bottom of the barrel to find something to fill this time with. Um, but first item of business, before we get into the fun one. Let's talk – well, I guess they're both fun. I guess I shouldn't frame it that way. But let's talk Andre Sveshnikov first. Um, All the speculation is finally over with. We can actually – you know, we know the deal. Eight years, $62 million, 7.75 AAV. What's your thoughts? I have mine. I'll give them after you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh,
1: There's a lot to unpack about it. I mean, you know, it's – Yeah,
0: it, it's it's really tough to to find a way to start because, I mean – i don't think there's a single way that you can frame it that's bad you know like usually with a move that the kings make there's something that you can complain about um whether it's the person that they acquired the dollar amount the term whatever i think this is just an absolute win for the hurricanes as an organization and for andre as a person um
1: it's kind of think, surprising to me that he would sign on for that long at that little. Yeah, I, agree, I, I, right? I honestly goes to was show expecting... how much he does want to be here. I really do. Yeah,
0: it does. And I mean, it's a huge uh, testament to the way the Canes have built themselves, right? Um, the,
1: war, the culture. Yeah, everything. I agree.
0: I think, you know, we were all kind of expecting a bridge deal or at least, you know, kind of similar to a Sebastian Ajo type of contract where it would walk him right to unrestricted free agency.
1: Right.
0: And, I mean, it still is, but we're buying a number of UFA years and we're getting Svetch at a dollar amount that will only look better as this contract ages. I mean, you're, you're talking about a guy that is 21 years old making $7.75 million and being worth that $7.75 million at present day. At 21 years old, Svetch is only going to get better. And the fact that the Canes locked him up for eight years means that there's no way this contract ages poorly if Svetch continues to improve, which, as we've seen every year, he has.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm writing an article right now that I actually... I'm not sure Spetch's last season was worth 7.75, if we're being totally honest, but I agree. Like, I'm not trying to say, you know, he's not worth the contract. I'm not trying to, I agree with you. I'm not trying to frame this in anything other than a positive light. Um, My article is about players with the most to prove, and I do think he has something to prove this year, so I did include him in the piece. Um, Just from the standpoint of he struggled last year, and I want to see him get back on track is all, but... I mean, yeah, I, I, I really fully expected a bridge deal myself. I expected, you know, a couple of years, and then he was going to cash in big time. And, you know, instead, like, if he progresses the way he should, and we expect him to, and the cap continue or begins to increase at some point in the near future, who knows what the hell that's going to happen with COVID and everything else? And it was just like a weird time right now, and and you know what? Maybe that is part of it. It's like now he has that security, and maybe something of an unsure time and, and i mean especially cause family like we've all read about that they're from like siberia basically like yeah. he grew up not having much it's not like you know me and my dad had this conversation the other day i always send him these contract figures and he just it blows his mind every time he's like i couldn't spend that much money if i wanted to anyway that's, yeah. a, that's the point but like i mean it's true you don't need more than $8 million. Sure, you see what other players are getting, and you know you're worth more than that, blah, blah, blah. But it's not like he's going to be hurting for anything for the rest of his life. And now his family, you know, that's what he said. The first thing when he's got his bonus, he's going to go probably give it to his family. You know, it's a it's a good thing for him, too. You know, he's now set up for life. And the Hurricanes now have a young superstar that they're going to be able to keep around for the next eight years through his prime at a below-market deal. is going to be very soon.
0: Yeah but um,
1: well, okay, yeah. let let's, let's go back to that just for one second. Do you think all right, I referenced that article a second ago, and I really think Special's struggles last year were born out of his competitiveness and how hard he is on himself. And you know, he started the year off just fantastic. He looked like he was ready to take league over, like dominant and then you know some calls started to go against him and then he kind of started to fight the puck a little bit and all of a sudden it just snowballed and it, he never really got back on track so are you concerned at all that maybe Svechnikov he starts fighting the puck a little bit and now maybe he's got a little bit more added pressure on his shoulders because of this contract
0: I'm not uh and I think it's because I mean Svesh is a pro athlete and he's By all accounts. And if Rod Brindamore trusts him as being one of the most mature players on the ice, then I I trust him, you know, like when Rod Brindamore says that about a player, uh, that's, that's pretty high praise. Right. Um, Right. Talking about one of the guys that's most, one of the most well-respected people in the entire NHL saying that, you know, you're one of the best players that he's ever worked with.
1: And, and I mean, honestly, like as I was sitting here saying that, I, I also kind of thought it would maybe an argument for the opposite of that. It's that now, you know, he wasn't a contract year at age twenty last year, and now he again has that security. He's gotten paid. He knows the organization trusts him. They want him here. He's gotten that yeah. contract. So you know, maybe it's the opposite, and maybe now it's a lot of that stress is off his shoulders, and that you know superstar that we were seeing begin to be born at the beginning of last year maybe that's really going to take off next year i hope so i think obviously he's got the talent and the work ethic and everything you could really ask for to do it yeah um it, it really just feels like a matter of when not really if
0: and he he takes a lot of penalties and you know you could definitely argue that there are times when the league and its officiating seems to be a little tougher on him than you know say the nhl's other stars
1: yeah,
0: and we could we could go into this long and justified rant about how you know you shouldn't have to like walk through calls so to speak just to be just to get those calls right
1: yeah
0: but at the same time fetch does take those stupid penalties sometimes and i think you know that's just a case of you know a player that just needs some maturing and i think that's part of the reason why he struggled is because he, you know, he, he was getting in his own head a lot last year because he is such a competitive player. So I think over time, that's not going to be as much of an issue. And I think, you know, eventually Svech is just going to be this guy that just cannot be shaken. And, you know, if, if it takes a, a little bit of, I would say, you know, quote growing pains, then I'm all for it.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I've kind of said it all along, I think he's the most singularly talented, just like in terms of raw skill, player the Hurricanes have ever had. Like, yeah. Just, and, and, you know, talent isn't everything in pro sports. But when you combine that with the passion, with the work ethic that he has, like, it really just seems like he's going to figure it out. He's going to snap. The light's going to come on at some point, And there's really not shit anybody's going to be able to do about it.
0: You know somebody that's going to come in and like mention Ron Francis, right? Like, Francis was obviously an NHL great. Um,
1: anytime you talk about skill level, it's inherently the best at pretty much everything is in today's modern era. I I fully believe that. Like,
0: no, I totally, I I totally agree. Like, Francis, the game is totally different.
1: Yeah, Francis is the best player the Hurricanes have ever had, but. I'm not saying he still wouldn't be great if he came into the NHL today, because I think he would be, but in terms of raw talent, like just like skill, shot, speed, hockey sense, like Svechnikov has the package that nobody else really in Hurricanes history has had before. Yes.
0: Svechnikov has that ridiculous package That's as we've, right. as uh, we've referenced on this podcast many a time.
1: That's correct.
0: Um something about phrasing right uh, <laughs> yeah. no but it's it, it's true like Svech, just by all around skill level has the potential to be the most exciting player that this team has ever seen like you remember the early magic with jeff skinner you know yeah at first like, he, really oh, like yeah. he was doing stuff that we had never seen before like skating wise and now everybody can do it right like that's kind of what it what it is, right? Like, you know, we had seen it before but with Svech. You know, he ha- he's a big guy, strong, can skate like the wind, has just the silkiest set of hands you'll ever see. Great shot, great vision, great—he's elite at everything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And should have gone first overall. Okay. I'm gonna make that claim, like. Talent and skill-wise, I'd much rather have Svetch over Darlene. I get why the Sabres picked Darlene, and I'm thankful that they did, right? Like, it's much harder to get a franchise defenseman than it is a franchise forward. But I think that the 2018 draft, and you can argue, Canadian media, I saw you then saying, you know, they're gifting Dundon the second overall pick. Yeah uh stay mad stay (laughs) mad like you're gonna watch Svetch absolutely dunk on every single one of your teams for the next eight plus years (laughs) and canes fans should enjoy it i mean like again this is something that i mean for an organization that has had a tough offseason from a fan base standpoint and you know you could argue that a lot of the moves that they've made have been questionable I can think of one right now that we've mentioned multiple times on this podcast that you know. But this is something that is an incredibly positive thing. Getting Svetch for this amount of t- term and at that quote low of a dollar value is a steal for the hurricanes. And it just shows that Svetch wants to be here. So.
1: No doubt. Super excited to see how this uh, season turns out.
0: Yeah. And you know what? I wouldn't blame him for wanting to play in the center of the hockey universe <laughs> and playing in the center of the hockey universe is the same reason why Kot Kanyemi signed his offer sheet with the Carolina Hurricanes and why he'll be sending his $20 signing bonus back to his family.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh Yeah. Oh, well, all right. So this is the and goal. This, this has been so much fun this <laughs> past yeah. week. Oh, man. Like <laughs> I said, uh, Dan and the Hurricanes Twitter account have been on an f- absolute heater. I tweeted as much the other day. Killing the game. And, yeah, I mean, it's just it's Twitter's been a fun place the last few days. Um, and i mean for us content creators which i guess that's technically what we are it's kind of weird to use that term but we are content creators because we have a podcast anyway for us it's a goldmine for content because not only do we get to talk about it this week but next week we'll have another episode we get to say if he comes here or not and we get to talk about how amazing he's going to be out from the constraints of playing in that hockey hell hole for that terrible organization how exciting
0: Yeah. (laughs) And it's, it's so funny because like, okay. So I I think we should break it down from like a hockey standpoint first. I guess that's probably the best way to go with this is that, you know, it's, it's come out since the Canes have made the offer sheet that they were trying to trade for Kotkaniemi. And I guess it hasn't been confirmed, but the ask was, Apparently higher than a late first and late third round pick. Obviously, otherwise, the Canes wouldn't have made that offer sheet, right? You know? Yeah. So the Canes wanting their guy were like, okay, well, if you don't want to trade him to us. <laughs> and this is the thing I wish more teams would do this instead of worrying about stepping on another GM's toes and, you know, like going against the made up hockey culture.
1: This relationship's already kind of frayed, so right.
0: It doesn't matter. I mean, Mark Bergevan insulted Tom Duncan <laughs> yeah, a
1: looked.
0: literal billionaire. <laughs> yeah. And said he didn't have enough money. And folks, <laughs> this is the same man that lit 150 million dollars on fire <laughs> with the AAF. Like
1: some like what technology that he wanted. Yeah.
0: Like I Like, of course, they're going to have a little bit of resentment. Of course, they're going to be a little bitter about that. That's not the reason why the Canes did this. The reason why is because the Canes wanted this guy in a trade. Montreal didn't want to give it to like Montreal didn't want to give him to us for unless we gave up some ridiculous thing. And so the Canes were like, fine, here's an offer sheet that you can't
1: match. It's going to, yeah. Okay. So we'll get to that part of it. And it's
0: for one year, which is why it's not that the Canes only want them for one year, right? It's because they know they can get them on a cheaper extension.
1: That's how they do. They did it's this beautifully they crafted. They actually have a very, very good chance of getting the player. Yep. They have put Montreal in a terrible position because if they match, Nick Suzuki, they're going to have to jump through all kinds of hoops to get him signed.
0: And Alex Romanoff, too.
1: Yep. So the Hurricanes could jump back and do this again next year if they decide to match up back in Niemi. Yep. And, okay, but one thing I will say about, I was talking about how fun Twitter has been lately, the thing that drives me nuts is that people that don't understand all this and think it is born out of bitterness, And I, because I don't care, really. But obviously, I do because I feel the need to reply to them, and that's a me problem. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> I need to just let it go. Just but use I, the
0: rock and be done with it, man. Can't it's help great.
1: myself. It's like, what are you talking about, dude? Okay, they tried to trade for him. No, they're gonna try to offer him six point one million dollars for one year. Purely because they're mad about the AHO offer sheet. No, the hell they're not. They love the subtext, so they do the little, you know, bonus of $20 and add an extra $15 on the end because that's Kakaniemi's number and blah, blah, blah. But it's not just – it's a hockey move, dude. Like, I, I know if Montreal matches, then all of Canada is going to say Kakaniemi is a future star, and if they don't, they're going to say he's a bust anyway, and they don't care. But the Hurricanes have a vision for Kakaniemi. They were not signing him to this offer sheet, offering him $6.1 million and giving up a first and a third round pick because they're mad about it and because they don't think this guy is going to be a top six player for the Hurricanes in the near future. They do. Yeah. I think I think they'll plop him. They'll probably move him to wing early. And, and maybe he'll, you know, kind of be on that delayed um, Aho timeline where like He'll play the wing first, learn under Brenda Moore and eventually move back to center because he can't. The Hurricanes don't really have room for him at center right now. You know, their center pipeline and current roster is pretty stacked. But um, I I think it's entirely plausible that they foresee Kakaniemi slotting in on Trocek's wing, maybe on Jordan Stoltz. But I think that's kind of using him kind of how Montreal misused him. And not really putting him in an offensive role, and I think he might struggle if you do that a little bit more than he would, like in a top. If you put, role,
0: I if you put him there to start, I think it's sure. fine.
1: Yeah, like, sure. Yeah,
0: to adjust to the system, because I mean, quite frankly, Montreal and Carolina systems are very different.
1: Yeah, they are.
0: I think you know this is just a masterstroke by the Hurricanes organization, right? Like Montreal tried to drag the Hurricanes organization through the dirt by suggesting that Tom Dundon wouldn't want to pay the. um, Signing bonuses, which it's like. I think over time, I've you know the the this team is a business; it's run like a business, and you know they might make some decisions that seem a little cheaper, right? But he was very clearly going to pay his star player. Then, now in hindsight, when you look at Hamilton, you are like. Eh. But it looks, I mean, Montreal, if they don't have Kakiniemi, has Nick Suzuki, right? And who else? Like Jake Evans. That's it. Who?
1: Jake Evans.
0: Jake Evans. <laughs> <laughs> who is a guy? Don't think I I don't know anything about him. Gonna be honest. So yeah, Montreal doesn't have any center depth next year, no. and with Kachaniami, they have two pretty good centers, and then Evans, who I think is a wild card. I'm not really sure. And you've signed him at, at, at a value that the Canadians don't want, won't want to pay him at, right? Like six point one is a lot of money for a pretty unproven player, and. That qualifying offer is going to suck when it co- if they do match when it comes to paying Suzuki and Romanov next year, right? So, you've got that. <laughs> You're putting I mean, Montreal in a hell of a position.
1: Yeah, well, but again, that's the point of an yeah. offer sheet. Why? Right. And it's like it's 50 not 50 a to help. Favor. Like, I don't understand why people don't understand this. They did the well, Hurricanes a favor and then they insulted him. And that's what pissed off Dundon is talking about, you know, all the comments he made that Don Waddell then verbatim repeated yeah. when it <laughs> came out. But like, you want to put the team in a position where they actually have to make a decision on this. The Hurricanes were like, you don't think we're going to match this? Why the yeah. hell would we not match this? I know The this fact that
0: the Hurricanes offer- knew they were going to match the second that offer sheet came in, and the fact that we haven't heard a, haven't damn heard a thing word. from Montreal,
1: since oh, but then. it tells you
0: all you need to know about how good the Carolina Hurricanes offer sheet was and how piss poor Montreal's
1: was. They probably and- don't even know now if they're going to match it. They, they yeah. probably have an inkling one way or another, but like they're in a hell of a position because they have so much things, so many things they have to like consider.
0: Yeah,
1: maybe they're going to try to IR somebody.
0: <laughs> well, they uh, Weber's going to be on long term right. injured reserve, but this offer sheet would. Put them over the LTIR cap that they're allowed, so they would have to let go of somebody else. In addition, thereby keeping Yemi while making their roster worse because they have to dump salary, and then having those cap issues next year. Yeah. Again, this is just—it's. I think we end up beautiful.
1: Being, I, I think I don't think they're going to match. I think they're going to take the picks. I don't know if they have much of a choice. I, I don't think wrong. they
0: do either but
1: they could try to figure it out maybe something could happen spending, yeah maybe that's what they're spending this week doing is trying to figure out how they can dump something to keep cotton caniamia around but yeah I, as things stand right now i think there's a very very good chance the hurricanes actually end up getting their guy
0: <laughs> the funniest part about all of this i mean the the pettiness is hilarious and all this stuff <laughs> and it's something that's been a meme with Canes fans for what feels like forever. And I was talking about this with, uh, we had a Canes country uh, dinner tonight uh, for Brian LeBlanc, who's moving. And, you know, we were talking about all this about how Canadian media refuses to admit when their team makes a mistake. Right. Like, sure people will drag on the Leafs but still they'll try and find positives and Brandon your face your face kind of wrinkled there you're like "Mm, I don't know about that (laughs) they really don't the Leafs are Canada's golden children but what I've seen from I'm not you know what no I'm gonna I'm gonna be the better person to not name names but you know who you are saying that it was Dundon's idea instead of the entire front office's idea is stupid and it's, it's trying happened. to make mark bergevin look better like yeah. stop it's okay to allow your team or it's okay to say when your team fucked up right yeah but like, it's okay to say that bergevin made an embarrassing attempt at an offer sheet in 2018 gifted the canes or 2019 2019 gifted the canes a great team-friendly contract for one of their stars and then the Canes come back with a better offer sheet making Montreal look like a joke of an organization in the process.
1: Because <laughs> you've,
0: got, you've got the actually good offer sheet coupled with the fact that the Canes have absolutely dragged their balls across Montreal's face with this <laughs> offer sheet. And so it makes the Canadians look like a terrible organization one way or the other. But Canadian media, you're allowed to say that yeah and then and the jack eichel thing heading to montreal was hilarious to me
1: <laughs> he's getting
0: his sticks and he's going to montreal i don't know why though and then not even 10 minutes later oh it's because he's going to the bio steel hockey camp that's coming that week that he's a part of and i'm like dude <laughs> <I know. laughs> stop trying to make it seem like montreal is going to use this offer sheet to trade for eichel or to acquire somebody else like it just admit that your team is a joke for once man like
1: that's gonna put them in the same situation next year with suzuki and romanov like, it, it, they can't get eichel they don't have the cap
0: they don't have the cap and they don't have
1: the resources they don't yeah they don't have a trade package that would you know what be nice the, the, win,
0: the one player they're gonna have to get rid of to get eichel would be suzuki plus suzuki. <laughs> a shit ton of others like it, it makes no sense to me man just admit that you were wrong The fact of the matter is, I mean, a late first-round pick and a late third-round pick is going to be a lot for Kotkaniemi. And a good draft,
1: too. That's the other side of it. Yeah, Yeah.
0: I mean, you still have a second-round pick, and you still have one third-round pick. Plus, the Canes have extra picks in round six and seven, plus their own picks in the fourth and fifth round, right? So, still a good amount of draft picks for this upcoming draft and it's it is a pretty deep draft you can get a bunch of talent especially i think in you know like the the 50 to 100 range
1: yeah as well as the hurricanes draft i think they might they'll probably find a way to pick up in a couple more picks in that range for sure and i think they'll still i just i mean again as well as the hurricanes draft like they'll find talent this coming draft yeah Yeah. i'm not worried so that's gonna hurt like that's gonna kind of suck but like you're also getting a third overall pick that is 21 years old for the entirety of the season. He just turned 21. Yeah. He's going to be so, the entirety of the upcoming season. He's been in the NHL for a while, but this kid is nowhere near a finished product.
0: And it's it's fine, and especially if you extend him and he stays on the team for a while.
1: That's the other thing is there's a report that the Hurricanes like have been working on an extension that would keep him here at around $4 million. Right, the
0: reason why it's only one year is because they the canes don't want to lock themselves into a contract
1: right they did get the player and then they can negotiate with him and get right exactly
0: so it's so funny just the whole thing the fact that montreal hasn't even acknowledged it on social media has killed me (laughs) like I can imagine whether it's Jeff Molson or Mark Bergevin just telling their social team to not post about it and not talk about it. <laughs> because they're so mad. That makes me so happy. And all the, you know, again, I've had to use the rock an alarming <laughs> amount of times over the past week, whether it's been for oh, the Pedro, Mets.
1: Love. You use, you love using that damn thing
0: the thing is though i'll only use it if it's warranted
1: <laughs>
0: and there's been a lot of warrant rock usage over the past week like i said whether it's been for the mets or whether it's been for canadians fans well,
1: the mets can get that like any day of the week are you a yeah. Mets fan
0: no but oh just that pathetic ass statement that they released uh <laughs> Okay. Uh somebody on Twitter uh DM'd me and was like, Matt, we found another thing that needs to be the rocked. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, so it's man. it's good
0: that it's becoming a bit now. Um well,
1: the Mets are in a perennial state of flux anyway, and they're just yeah, well, yeah. people people actually thought they were gonna win the NL East this year, and it's just gone as as just as everybody knew it would. It's been great to watch anyway, though. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's been nice to have something to laugh about for this team. Because uh, yeah. admittedly, it has been a tough offseason for the team.
1: All right, well, before we wrap this up, I, I do kind of want to just briefly touch on, and, and I guess this is maybe a conversation we could say for next week if he, you know, if the Hurricanes end up with Kaka and Niemi, but let's just hypothetically say the Hurricanes end up with him. How does this offseason look to you?
0: Uh, you know how I said that the team didn't... Re- I, I, I still believe that, like as it stands right now, with Kotkaniemi off the roster, I don't believe the team got better. Right. I think they got deeper. Like, definitely deeper. They're, they're not as reliant on guys that might not be ready for bottom six roles in their bottom six. They are deeper on the blue line i think the additions of ian cole ethan bear and brendan smith are good for depth um i think cole and bear is going to be a great third pairing and if bear ends up being a more than a third pairing guy i guess i should say i think it looks better right i think i think the defense looks better if bear reaches the ceiling that the team believes he can reach right tony d'angelo is a downgrade over dougie hamilton which is why he was cheap in addition to all the other shit that he carries with him. <laughs> so even if we get the points, you know, the defense isn't gonna be there to make a difference. So all in all, the defense roughly is about the same talent wise.
1: Yeah, I, I think when you maybe factor, slightly better with in, Cole and right, right. That's what I'm saying is I think that might I don't know. Between the downgrade from Hamilton to D'Angelo, but the upgrade and the third pairing as a whole, I think yeah. it's close to a wash. And maybe not. Yeah, that's
0: what I'm saying. Like, it's pretty close, which is why I'm saying I don't think the team got any better, but I don't think they got any worse either. Yeah. I but think- I still
1: thought they could have added up a little bit more talent up front. And Cockney, <clears throat> for me, as Well, team- yeah, that's that's where I'm moving to. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. So the goaltending, I think, has the potential to be better. I think is more or less the same unless, you know, Anderson returns to form in front of a better defense and Ranta stays healthy. Yeah. But you throw in Kotkaniemi and the team needed a top nine addition. I would have preferred, I would have aimed a little higher, not going to lie. Like Kotkaniemi is a little disappointing, like the upside's there. And and I I like that, you know, we're getting a young player. And I like that we're not getting Terasenko.
1: Yeah.
0: I know he, we've been out of the rumors on Tarasenko for about a month now. Right. Um, but I, I was hoping for somebody who could stay healthy on a more consistent basis and not miss like six months. Uh, I guess the potential for yemi is there. I think the team as a whole got slightly better. And I think a lot of the models, like Dom's model and I'm not going to talk about two others that I could drag through the mud for just anyways. I think the models are a little unfair on the Canes. Um, Like as a whole, the team, the team might not be much better, but I think they've gotten marginal improvements. Sebastian Ajo is only going to get better. Um, You know, you've got Ethan bear who's just now entering his prime. Svechnikov is only gonna get better and throw in hopefully an improved Jesperi Kakadi You've got yourself a hell of a hockey team. Yeah. I think yeah. teams are very high on Pittsburgh this year for some reason. And like
1: it's all health with them. We said that the other day when we, you know, looked around the metro. It's like Crosby, Latang, and <clears throat> walking, are they healthy? Yep. Okay. Well the penguins are good. Yeah. Are they not? Okay. Well, then the penguins don't have any depth in their terrible. <laughs> Like it's really not
0: that complicated when it comes to them. And with the with the canes, it's like if they have an injury on the back end now, it's like you can put in Brendan Smith, who's been a fine but not great NHL defenseman. He's a good utility player, right? You could also bring in I mean, hell.
1: I guess you cover him, <laughs> Joey Keane.
0: Not even those guys. Take a look at what you've got down. I mean, Jake Gardner, I hope to God that he can play still at some point. I, I don't know what happens with him.
1: Well, I'm not sure if the Hurricanes are bringing on that $6.1 million. I'm pretty sure they're yeah. counting G- Gardner's uh, $4 million is off the books. Yeah. From I don't, where, I don't know what the deal is with, with that. Yeah.
0: yeah. But you've got. You've got guys like Eric Jelena who have yeah. NHL games. You've got Max Lajoie who, yeah, Max looked well good, when when he was he in might, the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I thought he was pretty good, and I think he we might see a lot more out of him. That was a sneaky good pickup. I remember talking about it at the time. Yeah, and it Alex, was. Was like I watched him all the time. Like this is a good player, and yeah. um, I I, I kind of likened him to Selgren a lot too. Actually, now that we mentioned it, I just think they're like solid all around players. They skate pretty well. They're not big guys, and they're not, like, super physical, but, like, they can contribute a little bit offensively, and they're just, like, solid depth defensemen that you can plug in and not really miss a beat.
0: You've got Jalen Chatfield, who had 18 games with Vancouver last year, right? Right. And then you've got Josh Jacobs, who only three games under his belt at the NHL level, but he could step in and be a seventh defenseman if needed. Like, the team's going to be fine. At forward, you've got (laughs) – you've got jack drury yeah like we even that.
1: talked about drury that's another thing i was kind of kind of kind of going to save that for next week if he ends up here and what that means for him because i still think yeah. he's got to make him a yeah. the team
0: he, he does can, and so, so does Jamison reese so does yeah. ryan suzuki like the team has constructed oh stefan night ne- stefan noison nason ne- no- he's oh. been an nhl player
1: yeah. i've seen his name around for years now
0: Yeah. It's like, this is a guy again, who hasn't had, you know, too much um, NHL time. You know, he spent time with Pittsburgh and San Jose. He's a guy that's got 200 NHL games under his belt. He can step in and be your 13th forward if you need to. Right. So again, it's just the Canes have options. And I think as a whole, when you look at the team, the NHL team as constructed, and you've got the AHL team right there as well, if somebody goes down with an injury, it's not a life or death situation as it has been in years past. That's just my opinion.
1: Yeah,
0: I still need to wait and see how the team gels on the ice because, and I, I think it'll be fine because – I think this off season, the team didn't sign anybody where the Canes haven't signed any forwards that uh, would not be a fit because like in the past we've had, you know, we've seen it with Eric Halla we've seen it with uh, Ryan Dezingo where they just didn't mesh. They didn't click. And I still think I would have preferred to have seen the Canes upgrade over Jesper Fast but I'm fine with keeping him on the roster, albeit in a limited role. And here's, here's another thing. The Canes have less bottom six players this year than they have had in years past, right?
1: Well, they've always been like a three-line and fourth-liners team, so.
0: Yeah, and that's that's kind of been the thing where it's like you've got Warren Fogle and Brock McGinn getting top nine, even top six minutes. You've got Jordan Martinuk and uh, just like insert other players here. You still have some of that and I mean it's okay to have a fourth line of fourth liners right right (laughs) but you have less of that almost none of it in your top nine now which I I think is going to help balance out the scoring because that's that's been something that Rod's always wanted to do and now I think he's going to be able to
1: right so you won't have to rely
0: on Brock McGinn and Warren Fogle to be his finishers
1: right but to your point on that and that's kind of where I was going to go with the whole How does Kotkaniemi's acquisition, hypothetical at this point, um, change your outlook on the season is I I would have gone after a guy that's more of a scorer because Kotkaniemi's not really. I mean, he's a fine player and he's got offensive upside, but he's going to be a playmaker. He's not going to be a guy that's going to score 25, 30 goals, at least not very often. Maybe, you know, lots of playmakers have a one-off season where they do that, but I I just don't see – that's that's where I was cool with a guy like Cock, uh, Tarasenko because it's a risk, but if he hits, that guy's going to score 30, 35, 40 goals. And that would have been a big lift yeah. to a Hurricanes team that sometimes is light on finishing. But if Sveshnikov comes back and starts to put – the puck actually just starts to go in for him all the times that it should, that point's kind of moot anyway. You know, guys like him and eater Ryder, there's plenty of goal-scoring talent on the team. It's just – Things just kind of need to break right this year,
0: and Kotkaniemi could still be a better uh, finisher. You know, like yeah, and,
1: and you know, I what? think there's I, less
0: I, risk involved with this move than there is with, say, a Tarasenko trade,
1: right? And I mean, the thing about him, like, I, I think kind of a low end of what you're going to get from him from him if he does come over is you, kind of like his rookie year. He had 11 goals and 34 points, and that's that's helpful in a top nine role. You know, and and you have upside for more than that. But I don't think it's going to be worse than that because of the way the Hurricanes will use them, their system. And I just think he'll be afforded opportunities. He really wasn't. Montreal yep. messed up his development, man. Like they did not do He was He should not have been rushed to the NHL at 18. He was super young for his draft class anyway. They yep. put him right in the NHL. He actually didn't play that. But then now, since then, he's gotten hurt a little bit and then – He's had to jump around on lines that he, they haven't given him consistent line mates. They haven't given him a consistent role and they kind of want to look around like, why the hell hasn't he developed or turned into, you know, a star player, third overall pick, blah, blah, blah.
0: The Elias Lindholm him.
1: It, that I, <laughs> I made that uh, comparison earlier on Twitter. Cause somebody talked, somebody was kind of saying, Oh, that was you.
0: I, I couldn't yeah. remember.
1: Right. And I said, yeah, he's basically the, the new Elias Lindholm, except for the hurricanes are the ones that actually develop players now, which is true. Yeah. Hurricanes have developed players really well lately. And (laughs) part of me kind of chuckled for a second because it was like, they're going to get cock in the Emmy and then throw them in Chicago. (laughs) They're not going to do that. But uh, especially at 6.1 million, I don't think they can do that. Anyway.
0: At the end of the day, we can all take some solace in the fact
1: that that once again,
0: the Carolina Hurricanes are dunking.
1: (laughs) They really are, dude.
0: On (laughs) a Canadian market.
1: Somebody needs to go on their Wikipedia page and change it to owners, Carolina Hurricanes, Tom Dundon.
0: (laughs) For, For any of you that are wrestling fans, the Canes are now the heels of the NHL. And for those of you that aren't wrestling fans, a heel is basically like the person that you hate. Like, They're the Brad Marchand of wrestling, but the Canes are still like that lovable team in the sense where you know they've built that culture on social media, and they're they're still going to be a fun team to watch. But they're going to do this stuff where they're going to kind of go against the grain, and they're going to you know take jabs at other teams, and you know make fun of the Washington Capitals and stuff like. Yeah, they signed Tony D'Angelo, which it was a real-life heel moment. Don't get me wrong. But like, if I'm the Canes, and this is, this is just me, embrace the heel and just go full-on and just do it. Like, just be the heels of the NHL. Be that team that everybody loves to hate, you know, but that endears people too. And I think, I think you know, Dan and his team, Matt Souter, who runs the Twitter account, has done an awesome job lately. Because of all that's happened this past week, because of all the great people in the organization, and because of our guest next week. Little teaser there. Folks, it's a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes fan.